All right, guys, welcome back to 91 North, 95 South. Uh, it is after the holidays now. Uh, we took a brief hiatus because I had COVID-19 and I was uh, self-isolating. Um, so, you know, we've been a little behind with our podcasts. Uh, we're going to be getting back on into, uh, into our groove now, hopefully recording once again twice a week. Um, so this episode will be coming out on Wednesday, and then we'll have another episode out for you on Friday. Um, we hope that you are ha- all having a, a happy New Year so far. Um, New Year's Eve was a couple days ago, so we hope you all made some resolutions. We got some resolutions for, for our teams. Um, I have a self-resolution. What what's your self resolution, Max? That I'm gonna spend even more time on the podcast. That's my New Year's resolution. Even more time. Even more time, as I struggle to find the tea bag that I brought in this room with me. Oh, I found it. I don't yeah. even know how that'll be possible. Well, I'm gonna make it possible. You know what I did the other day, Dan? I made. I made a Twitch account for us. You know what you know what Twitch is? It's a streaming platform for video games and um other things of that nature. Yeah. So we're gonna be streaming both games such as 2K, NHL, Madden, MLB the show, as well as maybe some live episodes of the podcast that yeah. that sounds like it could be a fun time oh yeah answer some viewer questions um but yeah that's one of the things you guys have to look forward to in the new year is um twitch and uh probably some gaming content from me and dan because when we're not talking sports we're normally either playing halo or playing uh sports games so playing playing something playing something so we just figured we're already giving you like 90 percent of our lives you know because as we've said before this is pretty much all we talk about so mm-hmm. why not give you the other 10 percent? and then soon yeah. we're just going to be vlogging from the second we wake up till the second we go to sleep yeah, and why not just give you a hundred percent of our of our lives? Because <laughs> that sounds like a normal thing. <laughs> I mean, pretty soon, you know, virtual. No, sorry. What were you gonna say? I would no, no, no. I could finish afterwards. What were you gonna say? <laughs> I love how we're naughty. We just got like. Partway through the intro, and we're already brought already brought us off track. <laughs> well, uh, off track is a, you know, it depends on on what side you're looking at it from. True. And I would say that since these are things that are going to be actually coming to our fans on Twitch. That's true. That's true. We're we're still on track. That's true. Yeah. We're still on track. We're just trying to tell you guys about something that's uh, that's you know, we're going to be doing more of in the new year. 
something that's brewing. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of on brand with the uh, with the New Year's discussion. True, true. Um, but I, I was just gonna say, like, you know, with with the dawn of virtual virtual reality and and just um, you know, you can actually like go inside a game now and and like feel like you're actually in it. I mean, it before long it'll be like you guys are living our lives for us. Like <laughs> you won't even have to to listen to the podcast. You'll just be watching the games through our own eyes and and uh playing 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 games with us. So or, or through how, our bodies. Imagine how boring that game would be. You throw on the Oculus, hop on 91 North, 95 South, and just sit there for hours and just do nothing. Like, you just sit in a room for hours. Just 91 North Simulator. Yeah. Watch, yeah. watch some sports, listen to some podcasts, and then that's pretty much your day. Boom. Level one passed. <laughs> there's no levels in this game it's just you kind of go through the same day every day and then you record the podcast for us on on mondays <laughs> or tuesdays or whatever whenever we get it done and then you release it on wednesday <laughs> and then you just repeat the same thing <laughs> i love that <laughs> all right what are, what are we talking about today dan uh so t- yeah so of course um well first off if this is your first time listening it is the new year who knows maybe right. you maybe this you resolve to listen to more podcasts this is nika zabanajad this is me um <laughs> no i'm just kidding that's robert williams from the boston celtics this is me i'm daniel drainville and over here is max demeza and above him you want to introduce that guy that's mika that's my dude yep mika zabinajad who plays for the new york rangers and these are our our guys our friends and we are you guys are our friends too. So uh, <laughs> welcome if you're listening for the first time. That's who we are. Now we're going to get into the topics. Tell you a little bit about what we got going on for this episode. Hit him, Dan! Woo! Uh, first off, we're going to be talking about a little bit of the news. Um, uh, Vancouver Canucks Assistant Equipment Manager, Brian Red Hamilton. Um, sought out a woman who saved his life with a message about a cancerous mole that was on the back of his neck. Crazy, crazy stuff. And then um, after that little little newsy bit, we're going to get into our, some of our more usual talk about our teams. I'm going to be talking about the Boston Celtics um, and what has happened over the last four games or so. And that's when we last left off. Um, and also a little bit about the New England Patriots, who played in, again on Sunday. Max is going to talk to you about the uh, New York Rangers, of course, with our buddy Mika. 
Um, and then the New York Knicks as well. And anything about uh, anything else uh, your teams today? Uh, Yankees or? Uh, go Yankees. Um, that's uh, that's about it. <laughs> All right. That's about it. Um, oh, the Giants and, oh, uh, scored a field goal. They, they scored a field goal, right? That was it? Yeah. So they played a full football game and scored a field goal. So I think you can figure out if they won or lost. I had to look. Mm. Yeah, they lost like 34 to 3 or something. I had to look that up. It was against the Chicago Bears, too. Yeah. I I didn't watch it, but I'll be with uh, Sam, our Giants correspondent, later. So maybe check out the. the Twitter page, and maybe I'll tweet out some some Sam takes for y'all. I know I'll be following closely for those because I was curious about what Sam thought about this game. You know, <laughs> you, when you lose three to three to twenty nine um, against the Chicago Bears, I mean, it just every week it gets lower and lower for the Giants, and. Yeah, he's just got to be fed up with it at this point. Yeah. It, it depressing. Yeah. Okay, anyway, um poor guy. Poor guy. Please please uh follow up uh, for on Twitter for those takes um yes. later on. Uh one last thing, we're going to do some resolutions for our teams as I briefly mentioned at the uh start of this episode. Um meaning well, this could be anything. What we like to, uh, what would we like to see from our teams in the new year? You know, what could they improve on? Resolutions are pretty broad in terms of what people, uh, what and what people, you know, expect of themselves going into the new year. Uh, a lot of them are based around working out. Maybe <laughs> our teams can work out more. Maybe they can get a little beefier. Maybe they could get a little, put a little muscle on, you know? So, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, be coming to you with those resolutions too. So stick around for that. Um, and without further ado, let's get into the news. So, news. next. You sent me this article about the Vancouver Canucks assistant equipment manager, Brian Red Hamilton. Yes, I put it in the group chat and it went unanswered. Yes. I, I <laughs> did read, <laughs> it did go unanswered. Yes, that's my bad. I will. Uh, I did read it, though. I did read it. No, so, it's pretty crazy. So, I mean, you have it in front of you, but I, re- I read it a couple of days ago. But this yeah. guy... He was he's the assistant equipment manager, right? For the yes, Canucks. Correct. Um so they were playing in Seattle. In Seattle in on Seattle. October twenty third. Oh, this was oh okay, so this is from October. I didn't even realize that. But so this um fan was banging on the glass, and I can only imagine as an assistant equipment manager on the opposing team. You probably don't want to look at that person banging on the glass because that will that could easily turn out to be not a fun night for you. Um, I'm sure a lot of verbal harassment, I could imagine. Um, But he turns 
and uh this woman has a message on her on her phone uh that mole is cancer and he had this mole on his neck that he hadn't, he hadn't even noticed himself goes to the doctor gets checked out turns out to be cancer and there's a quote from the doctor in there that says um if he was if he had waited four to five years uh he wouldn't be he wouldn't be around anymore so this woman literally saved his life he came out uh on social media through the canucks i believe searching for her to just thank her and i think they ended up finding her um but you could give us more on that because that's the part i don't remember yeah so um so uh, she did. She wrote uh, down that it was cancer. It was, ended up being a, a malignant uh, melanoma. Um, and so Hamilton, um, his name was um, Brian Red Hamilton, the the uh, equipment manager. He he um, sent out a or wait no, he he wrote a a thank you to. Um, to the woman who who uh, noticed it and said the message you showed me on your cell phone will forever be etched into my brain and has made a true life-changing difference to me and my family your instincts were right and that mole on the back of my neck was a malignant melanoma and thanks to your persistence and the quick work of our doctors it is now gone we are looking for this incredible person and we need you to share with your friends and families to help us find a real-life hero so I can express my sincerest gratitude. That was the um, from the um, the the tweet, which came from the Canucks account, and then um, someone uh, the tweet got reposted across social media, and then a member of the ladies of the Crack and Facebook group. Um, made a connection to someone that they knew and they said oh my gosh this was my daughter she just got accepted into multiple medical schools we have season tickets behind the opposing team and she noticed the mole on the back of his neck so she typed a message into her phone and knocked on the glass window to get his attention she finally got his attention and he looked quickly and then nodded we didn't think any more of it this is absolutely amazing that's pretty cool Throw that, and then, throw that on the college resume. Yep. And then <laughs> eventually, um, this was before the game on Saturday night. They, uh, they were able to meet up before that game. It was tweeted out by the Vancouver Canucks Twitter account um, with a, along with a quote from Brian Hamilton that said, the reason for the letter, um, and in parentheses today, was that I really wanted her to know her persistence and everything she did to get my attention. She shaped, she saved my life. And then there's a, a photo of the two of them on there. Um, and then she also said the fact that I got to look him in the eye and hear what happened from his perspective. Imagine how jarring that is for you to be at work and someone just kind of looks at you and say, Hey, maybe you go see a doctor. <laughs> yeah. That's not what you want to hear. So the fact that I got to see him and talk to his family members that have been really impacted by him dodging a big bullet, that's so special. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. So that that's awesome. It just worked, you know, it worked out for everybody. And she got to uh, see him before the game and 
I think there's a, um, this is just a, a great story that has, you know, we haven't been hearing the best stories from that for coming out of the NHL <clears throat> yeah. um, for a while. So this is, it's good to hear something nice come out of this and that a, uh, a man's life was saved. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, if you have season tickets behind the opposing team's bench, you're hard. <laughs> I know you're trash talking every game. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd yeah. be so sick. <laughs> that's like that's the trash talker's seat right there yes. behind the other team's bench. Yes. That's so you so sick. Yeah, so you know like she's talking mad like stuff over there. Like she saved this dude's life, then proceeded to call the player in front of him a bender. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> What does a bender mean? Like his ankles. Like he's got weak ankles. So his ankles oh, yeah. are bending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially in hockey. Like she's chirping all game chirps. long. Chirps. Chirps. Chirps from the chirps from the season ticket holders. Yeah. And they probably get used to her, like you know, <laughs> yeah, they, like, oh, that's just that's just Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> Just turn around, Margaret. You like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's so funny. That's awesome, though. That's a nice story. Yeah, I really enjoyed reading that story. It was really nice. Um, yeah, I would recommend. Where Where is that article from? I would recommend people go read that. Oh yeah, the article itself is from uh, Kristen Shilton and ESP. Uh, ESPN NHL reporter so I read it on ESPN um, but then I saw another one uh, another article on CNN so it's being reported at a couple places you could yeah you just look up I'm sorry but Kristen did a better job Chris yeah I really liked Kristen's because it it really um, there's a lot of quotes from both of them in this article so go read Kristen's and then comment on everybody else's uh you should just stop reporting because Kristen just owned your ass Kristen did <laughs> Kristen got the full quotes in this thing i mean there we go congratulations Kristen. what a great job um and so that is our news segment now we're gonna move into our uh our recaps of the games that we uh, we saw in the past couple of days. Wait, yeah, do some dancing. I'll make a re- I'll make some music. Oh, we're talking C's. We're talking Knicks. We're talking Pats. We're talking Rangers. We're talking New York sports and Boston sports. Yeah, that was sick, dude. That was some that was wow. some good music. What a dance break. I'm sweating. <laughs> Woo! Dude, Mika, how do you feel about that? Woo! Mika doesn't really like to talk. <laughs> Thanks, Mika. <laughs> Thanks, Mika. Mika just scores. Mika only knows score and Mika only know play for Rangers. <laughs> 
He's like Bobon. <laughs> Rob looks like Atlas holding up the entire world in his hands right now. <laughs> I mean, Rob pretty much is Atlas holding up Celtics fans' hope. Very <laughs> true. Very true. Speaking of, we want to talk to some C's. I don't know if that's where you were going, but yeah. Speaking of which, let's get into this into the C's coverage. Um, so let me pull up the uh, game schedule real quick. Um, because in my notes, I have, I have notes from the last two games, but I, I also, um, have things to say about the last four games. So I watched all of those. So I did um, not watch all of these last four games of the Knicks. I will be honest. Of the Knicks, not the Celtics. (laughs) <laughs> no, I didn't watch any of the Celtics. <laughs> I've been busy. You know, it's been the holidays. Yeah, it's a busy time. I apologize. That's why no. I want to dedicate. I want to dedicate more time. You know, no more missing games. Yeah, we are sorry. Um, it was a busy time. So, and Dan uh, had COVID. So that's yeah. I did have another COVID. Reason why we didn't record? I did feel pretty bad for um on christmas day that's when i actually took the test and uh found out that i had it so like from christmas day to like to the timberwolves game and then like um the day after the timberwolves game i felt pretty pretty bad if we put it in celtics terms um so yeah it it, it was like hard to find the motive sorry what I said, yeah, this guy had a rough time. He missed Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, so I was at I was at my girlfriend's for Christmas um the night before and they opened presents at midnight. Mm. Um and then I was gonna go back home with her to visit my family, but since I got I got, had the positive diagnosis, I couldn't I ended up not going. I still haven't gone home. But I will go uh visit them at some point because I have gifts for them. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's get into the, into the C's coverage anyway, because I, I was still watching the games. Um, yeah, you didn't have much else to to do. No, no. (laughs) Uh, we had, so I'm going to start with the, the, um, game against the Timberwolves on the 27th. Um, that was uh, two days after the after the Christmas game against the the Bucks, which was you know a pretty crushing defeat, I would say. Um, but I didn't watch that game. I didn't watch all of it, so I'm not going to cover that. Um, this game against the Timberwolves was. I, I can't say it was more crushing because, like I said, I, I, I didn't watch the Bucks game. But I will say that it did hurt my soul in ways that, that the, the Celtics um, have done pretty often this season. But it, it, was, it was just bad. It was really bad. Uh, the, the Timberwolves were without 
practically their entire starting lineup. Um, I think due to COVID, um, they were missing Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards. Um, and so they had a, a starting lineup of all bench players. Um, and even former Celtics player Greg Monroe got involved for the, for the Timberwolves in this 20, game on the 27th. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> the fact that the Celtics could not come out of that game uh, with a win when they had, I mean, objectively the best player on the court with Jalen Brown uh, was – it was frightening. It was frightening. And I, I kind of – thought that the Celtics season was over right then and there. Um, you know, even without Jason Tatum, you know, you, you still have the talents of Robert Williams, the big man right here. You have Horford, you have, and like I said, Jalen Brown. And, and for those of you who didn't watch this game and who don't know, the Timberwolves had their entire starting five out. Yeah, not yeah. not yeah. four, not three or four guys. They had every single one of their starting five out for this game. Yeah, there's some guys that I I don't remember their names because um, I don't watch the Timberwolves, but um, I'm just saying the big names like Cat and Anthony yeah. Edwards. But it was the entire starting lineup that didn't play, and so even like past those like. Cat's a superstar, so obviously I know him. But even like they, their regular starting guys were out, yeah, which the best player they had, I, I think, was Malik was like, Beasley. I was just gonna say Malik Beasley, yeah. And he took eighteen shots in this game, and only hit six. So, I mean, he only scored fifteen points in this game. The rest of the scoring, you're relying on your on your bench players and the Celtics couldn't shut them down. So I'm looking at, I'm looking at this game afterwards and I'm like, man, like we're like this, I'm watching a bunch of scrubs on our side because we can't even put down like the, the Timberwolves that are, <laughs> it's probably the most hurt squad I've ever seen yeah. go on, go on to play a, to play a game yeah they it's had like, greg monroe posting and toasting it was it was ridiculous greg monroe celtics legend from back in the day um he played back for a lot of teams but 65 <laughs> 31 years old he's i this i hadn't heard greg monroe's name in a long time um i don't know where he disappeared to but he was actually playing a playing pretty good in this game, um, and certainly he was diming the ball a lot. Uh, he had finished the game with six assists, um, and I was surprised at his level of play and some of the other um, Timberwolves guys because it seemed like they were really like fighting for a for for a place in the starting lineup to a lot of them, like um, this guy um, Nathan Knight who I thought played really well in this game, probably deserves a starting role going forward because he was just – he was electric and the Celtics could not get a beat on him. Um, uh, otherwise, you know, 
I liked the level of play that I saw from Romeo Langford. Um, as I, I think has like that has emerged as a as a theme over these past four games. Uh, without Jason Tatum in the lineup, you know he's been getting a lot more minutes. Uh, he played 36 minutes in this game against the Timberwolves, and I like his hustle. I like how he's he's getting, you know he's a, he's a good defensive player, but in the in the limited scoring opportunities that he's been given he's been able to shine a little bit too but primarily I have liked what I've seen from him on the defensive side of things um in this game he finished with four steals and three blocks um which is you know for for a shooting guard is pretty incredible you know to have three blocks in this game um that's that's about all I'll say for that one. So I, I'm gonna move on to the to the next game really quick now. Um so after after we played the Timberwolves, we played is the Clippers. And boy, do I have a lot of, to say about this game too, because if you were following what I was doing on the on our Twitter, um you will know that I was Sort of live tweeting this game. I was trying to focus a little bit more on actually watching the game um, because I, I was invested in it. Um, but afterwards, like in the once the game was over, I, I kind of just launched a tirade on Twitter because this was. Funny. You should definitely check out those tweets. They had me laughing. <laughs> I think one of them maybe, I said I, I'll pull I'll pull them up while you while you talk about your tirade. I'll okay, get, thank I'll, you. I'll get some together. Thank you because this was I mean, I t- I said that the Timberwolves game I I felt like I I knew that the Celtics season was over. This game put put us like six feet below six feet underground. It was like I dead and bury the Celtics dead and bury them because I could not believe what I was watching. You had Marcus Morris blowing up against the Celtics, which I mean, like you can, you can take any player, I guess, and just throw them against the Celtics squad and, and watch them blow up. Like who, who are, who are we letting like destroy us? Like I was talking about last game, Greg Monroe and Nathan Knight, who are these guys? We, I mean, we got, we got a team of, you know, at least we got our some of our starters in the lineup, and we we can't we can't keep Marcus Morris from from driving the dagger into us. Or what's going on? What's going on? And you know, it wouldn't. We probably wouldn't have lost this game. Actually, we would de- definitely wouldn't have lost this game if if it wasn't for the atrocious three point shooting, which was the story from from this night, like. This game against the Clippers, if you ever want to watch, like, a team implode, like, this is... <laughs> Are you seeing my screen? <laughs> yeah, yeah as, as, as Max pulls up the, um, the, the tweets I made right here. Um, yeah, so I said, must have been Shaq and Joaquin Noah that taught this team how to shoot threes. Yeah, please continue. I just thought this would be a good time for me to start sharing my screen. Yeah, so we we shot 
95 or sorry, not 95, 9.5% from, th from three point land. Um, and I think how many, how many threes was four for taken? 42. Four, yeah, four for 42 from the, right here. 42 threes is already a lot of threes to be taking. But when you can't make, when you only make four of them, that's an insane amount of threes to be taking. You know, and it just wasn't there. It wasn't there. And, and I, the Celtics knew that. And, you know, regression to the mean is a thing. Like, you should be able, by the law of averages, to if you start shooting a game poorly to kind of balance it out and that that was nowhere to be seen um you would think that maybe the celtics would would kind of dial it down on the threes in the second half but no no i i get the mentality that you should probably if you're jalen brown you you, you want to have a kind of a short shooter's mentality is to keep on shooting right and so you should you should try to to keep going with that, but man, sooner or later you just got to realize that you could you could beat this weak Clippers team by just driving inside to the basket and could have come out with a win in this game. And so it was incredibly incredibly frustrating to watch the Celtics over and over again brick threes. And it just never got better. I, I think this was one of the worst games that I've ever watched um, as a Celtics fan. Um, I was absolutely disgusted with this team in, in this moment. Um, and you go down the list and Jalen Brown shoots one for 13 from three. That's 12 misses from three. Al Horford shoots 0 for seven. Peyton Pritchard, 0 for 5. The only one who shot well from 3 was Grant Williams, who is a freaking monster from 3 Shooter. all of a sudden <laughs> this season. And, and you know, his New Year's resolution, obviously, is to keep being, you know, the greatest shooter the Celtics have. Um, he made up two of the four threes for the Celtics this night on only three shots. That's insane incredible incredibly bad um and you know now i just look at it i look back on it and i just laugh because it's like what else what else are you gonna do like it just, just the shots just weren't falling i mean you have guys that should be capable of making them and they just weren't so yeah now i just look back on it and i just laugh um but it is it is quite depressing and I was quite depressed at the time. Yeah, um, I could not imagine having to watch that game as a Celtics fan. That's just brutal. Because, like, if you're shooting four for 42, you got to think that, okay, maybe you get to four for 20 and you're like, okay, these are just not falling. Let's maybe cool it. Switch the up threes. the game. Yeah. And, but, no, they just wasted essentially 20 possessions. Like, that's ridiculous. Absolutely. Like I said, this was a winnable game and to watch them just piss it away because you can't, you can't hit any threes, like literally any. And you it's, keep taking them. 
It's not yeah. even that they were missing them. It's that they kept taking them. Yep. Like just did they, it's it's literally insane because incredibly they frustrating they, they as a fan. The outcome was going to be different, and they just kept doing the same thing. Yeah, it's like Voss from Far Cry Three. He's like, what <laughs> yes. the definition of of insanity? Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, before we get off this game, do you want to run through? I'm mad just th- I'm just mad thinking about this game even thinking about mm. <laughs> okay. well, well you, you're mad I'll read these for you blow it up sell the whole team I don't care anymore I just want to root for something that's fun and doesn't break my heart every single night I feel like I need to shower. <laughs> that Celtics game left me absolutely disgusted. <laughs> this one just speaks for itself. I will not explain this tweet. I will not explain this tweet. I think it's better if I don't explain it. It's so much better. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, <laughs> we probably didn't even need to run through that game. Probably could have just had those tweets. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically, yeah, everything that I've said is is chronicled on our Twitter. It's um, like those are like the thesis points, and you were just giving some, some explanation to them. Just, what the hell, man? <laughs> God. Yo, I'm so mad. I know we're so, not, we're trying not, sorry, we're trying not to swear on this. Oh, you're good. Hell's not that bad. But I'm so mad we lost that. Um, we tried to record an episode over Zoom like a couple weeks ago, uh, mm-hmm. but then we lost it because Zoom messed up. But uh, I got pissed off about nhl 22 ratings and how adam fox is i'm so upset we lost ranked. that and that is the equivalent to how dan feels right now i feel like yeah dan doesn't get heated like this how can you not get heated <laughs> how can I'm you not, not get heated you. If you're a fan of i'm not heat? blaming you <laughs> what if the knicks did this oh i would lose my mind <laughs> Dude, I wouldn't even watch that game. I would lose my mind. It's like you can't even put away the Clippers. The Clippers. They, and they don't even have the, Paul George on the team. I was going to say the Paul George-less Clippers. It's freaking Marcus Morris. Uh, yeah, I said before the game to Dan that Marcus Morris was going to have 25 and he got 23. So, you know. I just know yeah. the Celtics team, you know. <laughs> you just know, yeah. You you know our you know our flaws, you know our flaws. You know we're gonna we're about to make Marcus Morris the 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 goat of the Clippers team, and um, also yeah. So it's just Marcus Morris and then um, Terrence Mann, Terrence Mann, yeah, Terrence Mann, who also. I don't know how many points he finished with, but it seemed like he was killing us a little bit. That's so, so funny. All right. You want to move to oh the next God. games? Like yeah, let's get it to the next two. <laughs> These ones um, I actually have some notes for. I was just going off the dome for those other ones. 
Um, so let me pull these up. So yeah, we uh, we got the Celtics and the Suns. Um, that game happened on the thirty first, uh, New Year's Eve. So final score for this game um, was. I don't know why I don't know why I didn't put the final score in the notes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> one twenty three to one oh eight. Um so this was a you know a get right game. We had we had the the two games that were so so bad and just made me want to curl up in my bed um against the, the first two games that I just talked about and then we're playing the Suns. I'm going into this game. I'm thinking, you know, yo, we're about to get absolutely destroyed. Like, is there any scenario yes. that we're not about to get destroyed in this game? I would have bet a lot of money on the Suns. Me too. And so I'm <laughs> glad that I wasn't betting on this game. But it's like, that's exactly what the Celtics do, right? It's like, you never, you never know what the hell is going to happen. That's the magic of watching this team. That's the magic of Lucky the Leprechaun down there on the on the court. That's the magic of that that logo, right? The Leprechaun. He's bringing us that magic touch. We never <laughs> know what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I said earlier this season that the team is consistently inconsistent, yes. and this just goes to show exactly that. Granted, the Suns are without DeAndre Ayton and. Um, JaVale McGee, which, bless you, by the way. Thank you. Which I understand is a, like a, that's a pretty sizable handicap. Um, especially when you've got centers like Al Horford and, and my man right here, Rob Williams, who, <laughs> you know, they're great centers. I, I think two of the best pieces of our team, but, you know, by bigger centers like DeAndre Ayton and JaVale McGee might be prone to get bullied a little bit, pushed around a little bit. Um, and so certainly to have DeAndre Ayton missing from this matchup was a tremendous help to the Celtics. Um, now. But they still had CP3 and Devin Booker. Yes, they did. And um, Mikael Bridges and, you know, Cam Cameron Johnson was huge in this game. Um I think he's a pretty good player, uh, good shooter, definitely. Yeah, he's really good. First off, I don't know where to begin, but I need to bring attention to something that we have been, me and Max, have been talking about for a long time. Me? Um, this was something that was dreamt up when we started playing uh, 2K together. No uh, way. The, no way. And that is they point guard it. Rob. Did they Point do guard it? Rob right here. They didn't do it. They did not they did not enact point guard Rob, you know, in the in the sense that we believed. Right? They did not put him at the one. <laughs> but in this game point forward Rob? No, not even point forward Rob. Still center Rob. But in this game, he might as well have been a point guard the way he was diamond. Rob Williams finished. Let me let me hit you with this stat line. Let's go. 
Five for five from the field. Let's go. With 10 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Let's go. Two Let's steals. Go. We were on this. We've been on this. Dan, how many triple doubles did you get with Robert Williams? This has been a long time coming, folks. This has been a long time coming. That's literally his 2K line every time. I would get a I would get a triple double with Rob every game. So so we uh we would play franchise mode. Or franchise mode? Yeah, I did a little fantasy draft. Fantasy draft. Um I can't remember did we t- did we draft Rob Williams or did we trade for him? I can't remember. We got him on the squad somehow. We got him on the squad. Um, every game, I would play with Rob Williams, but slot him in at the one. Um, and just monster. I would just – I would abuse the other team with a combination of assists and blocks. Um, and, man, was that, was that a fun I time. I love that. I think they're finally – Unlocking his potential. Finally, dude. <laughs> Finally. That's why I have our friend up in the background today. I love that. Because I'm this so is happy. A, this is a special moment. Yes. That makes me so happy. Uh, uh, I was so excited to tell you about that. That's awesome. Tell all the fans. Man. That's awesome. Yeah, fans, track that. Keep that in mind. Keep Don't that in it. mind. When you watch this man, when you watch Celtics basketball, when you watch how his career plays out, just keep in mind what I told you and what yeah. we did in 2K. When this guy turns out to be the greatest point guard of all time, just remember that we told you. <laughs> it started with this night. New Year's Eve, 10 assists. That's so awesome. Go back and watch the game. I kind of want the to dimes. now. I kind of want to. <laughs> you have to watch this. <laughs> I think I might hit the highlights at least. Oh, yeah. D- I, yeah, I, watch the highlights. I got to show some if... love to our man. Yeah, I should have put out a tweet about this because point guard Rob is just, man. He's waiting to be unlocked. He's just he did my heart good. There. He's just waiting. Every game, he's like, Coach, put me at the one. It's like, not yet, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> There's our dude. Wow. That's awesome. So, yeah. so would you say Rob was the key to this, to this victory? I, w- I thought that he was one of the keys to the victory. I've got about three keys to victory. <laughs> but number one is Rob. That's a crazy house, dude. You got three different keys? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Three different locks. One locks on the front door. One locks on the back door. One locks on the bathroom door. <laughs> Three you know, keys. You know where Booba is. <laughs> Booba's the front door, of course. <laughs> you, you think your bathroom? Yeah. 
<laughs> oh yeah, he was a monster in this game. The passing, like I said, was very impressive. Um, there was one pass that was especially beautiful to me where I saw Rob in the corner and he kind of motioned Romeo Langford toward the basket, you know, using some of that point guard awareness. Um, it was like, get over here, you know, and then passes it over his defender, hits Romeo in stride for the layup. It's like, man, this guy, he oh, has God, the point guard is. vision. <laughs> awareness. I love, I love it. He's like an even taller Magic Johnson. Um, and, you know, that, that doesn't come lightly. So I think he was, like I said, his, his passing in this game was great. Second chance opportunities uh, for the Celtics. Um, Williams has been, has been great with these two. Um, getting a, like a putback dunk or, or a rebound and then a, a quick layup to score. Uh, I don't have any stats for those in front of me, but um, second chance points with Robert Williams are, are a big key to success, it seems, in Celtics victories. Um, Romeo Lankford in this game, like I mentioned in the, the previous games, you know, being big in, um, in Jason Tatum's absence, I think, you know, this in this game, he also showed that he deserves more playing time. Um, let's see I if I can get his stats up in front of me because I didn't include them in my notes for some reason. But um, he, in this game, was 6 for 10 from the floor um, and finished with 16 points, um, another two steals. And... So, like I said, he was, he was bringing some of the scoring in this game um, in addition to some of that defensive presence that we have so desperately needed. Um, and also, Marcus Smart back in the lineup for this game, uh, delivering 24 points was great. Uh, 10 for 18 from the floor. A really efficient night for him. And um, that's, that's really good when you can uh, get an efficient night from Smart. Uh, Grant Williams <clears throat> impressed me with his toughness in this game. Um, he was able to get inside and, and battle out some guys for, for, uh, for tough layups um, in the paint, which I have really been impressed with how he's developed as a player. Um, and in this game in particular, I mean, showcasing – we we know we now know about the shooting the shooting uh, percentages. He's great from three, um, but also showing how he can he can do it inside too, and uh, against some some bigger guys, um, put up some tough shots and get those to fall down. So Grant Williams was great in this game. Uh, paint scoring as a whole in this game was sixty four uh, for the Celtics, and then against the Suns forty six. So that was a big story here. Now, in terms of game script, um, the Suns, I feel like, had had the chance to get back in this game, really, in the third quarter and cut down that deficit. But the Celtics actually um, continued to balloon that deficit to 23 by the end of the third quarter. And um, so, I, as a result, I feel like the Suns never really had a chance in this in this game. <clears throat> so, yeah, that – that that's uh, how that one went. It's just, it's it's nuts to me how you can lose in such a 
a <laughs> demeaning and what, whatever you want to call it, um, depressing fashion against the Clippers and then come back and beat the Suns like this. Uh, it's It just goes to show how unpredictable this Celtics team is, yeah, really. I, I don't even know what to say anymore. Uh, but but I mentioned resolutions for the Celtics too. Um, and in terms of a resolution for this team, we had this game against the Suns come on New Year's Eve. Um, and then we had a, a Celtics magic game that, that was last night. Um, would be January 2nd at the time. Uh, so last night, yeah, uh, just January 2nd. Um, and Brown led the Celtics to victory in that game. Um, he had a really efficient shooting night. Uh, he hit 50 points, and once he did, he kind of transitioned more into a playmaker and was trying to set up, set up the other Celtics for some plays, uh, which I was impressed with his ability to make plays at that point in the game. Um, it seemed like, you know, they were kind of keyed in on him. This was toward the end of the game. Uh, in the fourth end of the fourth quarter and into overtime, he was trying to kind of make make more plays for the Celtics, and it was working. Um, and I think that was one of the keys to winning that game against the Magic. Um, wh- what I was upset by in that game was 22 turnovers um, for the Celtics. Wow. 22 is a lot of turnovers in any game. Um, and certainly for, for a game like this, they were lucky to escape with a victory because the Magic are not a great team. It's they're they're not one of the top teams in the NBA. So if it was a greater team that they had faced in this scenario and turning the ball over 22 times, I I don't think they would have come back in this game. Um, even then, it was the Magic were up um, 96 to. Sorry, zoom in on this. Magic were up 96 to 82 with four minutes and 20 seconds left to go in the game. Um, Adoka called the timeout and Boston proceeded to go on a 18 to four run over the remaining four minutes and 20 seconds. And during that stretch, Jalen Brown went six for seven from the floor and scored 14 points. So that's very efficient um, end to the game for him. But like I said, the Celtics were, you know, they, they ended up winning this game against a, a bad team that let them back in. But against a, a better team, this would have been probably a loss. Um, so there you have it. Where does that leave us um, over, the, over these past four days? <laughs> a little confused. A little confused. We're trying to make a resolution here. So... You have a tough loss to the Bucks on Christmas. Then you have <laughs> loss to the – who was it? Paul George's Clippers. No, there was one in between there. Uh, Timber, Tim, Timberwolves. The Timberwolves, yeah. So then you have the, the loss to the Bucks, The Timberwolves without their starting lineup. Then you have the Clippers game where you shoot about 10% from three. Under 10%. <laughs> and lose <laughs> – lose to the 
Paul George's Clippers. Then you have the game against the Suns, where you beat one of the top two teams in the Western Conference. And then you finish it off with a win against the Magic by five points or five or six points in overtime. It's certainly a confusing slate of games. It's a, it's a good start to the new year, right? We're, we're, we're going into it with two wins, um, still without Jason Tatum. And I am, incre- I am impressed with the level of play that I've seen from some individual players, um, including Langford and Williams, both Williams, Grant and Rob. Um, and Jalen Brown has been inconsistent. But I was impressed with his, with his play in the, in the game against the Magic. Now, one thing that I've noticed without Tatum in the lineup is that the Celtics are seeming to move the ball a little bit better. He doesn't, he's not there to stop the ball and take, you know, ISO dribbles and try to get the shot himself, which I like. Um, and I think it is a recipe for success going forward. Um, I think with Tatum back in the lineup, that's what needs to remain from these, this stretch of games without him is that, you know, you need that ball movement, obviously. So would you and, say that Jason Tatum is holding the Celtics offense back? I wouldn't say he's holding them back, <laughs> no. Because I think if Jason Tatum is there in that Clippers game, I think you win that game. And I think that, you know, so you can't say that, or at least I, I can't say that with certainty. I could, I could say that because I don't care. Yeah, you, you could say that. You could say that. Uh, do you want to say that? No. Yeah, I, I'm you not saying that. You could say that. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. But knowing the na- – like, having studied this team this season, I, I think that it's not that they're a worse – you know, necessarily a worse team with Tatum back in the lineup. I think they're still an inconsistent team. But I think that um, one of the takeaways from this stretch without him is that um, the Celtics role players and and bench players, um, specific ones certainly, can can be relied on and should be relied on more, even with Tatum back in the lineup. Um, And I think that, once again, the ball has to be moved around, which sounds – it's simple to say, but the Celtics still are having trouble with that. Right. Um, and so that's basically where we're left is. I think that it's still like a wildly inconsistent team, but um, I think that once Tatum gets back and you, and you start spreading the ball like this, Brown is finally back too. And we've seen how dominant he can be in in some of these scenarios. So I think that, um, yeah, I, I think you spread the ball around and, and it'll ultimately help win games. Like the Suns game should be the blueprint. Mm. And that's all I have to say. So Stop. resolution, <laughs> spread the ball around more. Word. All right. 
that concludes the Celtics coverage. I know that was a long time. <laughs> it's okay. Um, what are we talking about now? Now, uh, do you want to talk about the Knicks? Um, sure. Well, I th- we could we could uh, just do uh, we could talk the Pats and then talk the New York sports separate if you want. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the 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 Pats played the Jaguars. All right. Now let me let me do that over again. Because this is a segment. This is now a segment on the the, the Pats, right? Patriots. I feel like I should Patriots. switch up my background. <laughs> All right. Um, welcome back. Uh, we have the new background up. Uh, this is for this segment on the Pats. Um, this is our Lord and Savior, Mac Jones, right here. Um, he's the one that is going to ultimately bring us out of the dark times and <laughs> back to the Super Bowl. So, without further ado, let's talk about the Pats. Um, what did I see in this game against the Jaguars? I was all right. Let's start with the the Pats beat the Jaguars fifty to ten, right? Um, 50 to 10. So it was, it was an absolute smackdown. Things that I was impressed with, um, the running backs, once again, looked great. Uh, Damian Harris, Ramondre, Stevenson, both scored two touchdowns in this game, and they ran all over a weak um, Jaguars run defense. Um, something that I was intrigued by was the inclusion of Christian Wilkerson in this game. Um, I think that this probably smells or smells spells some kind of like <laughs> smells. <laughs> it it spells like um the end of the Nikhil Harry era probably. Um Nikhil Harry has was a receiver who we drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. Something which Bill Belichick usually does not do. Um but he took a shot in, I want to say it was 2018, 20, yeah, 2018, 2017, somewhere around there. Um, and he has not developed into a great wide receiver. He do, has shown flashes of greatness, but usually each, each time that he does, it is, it is followed up with something that is equally as, as um, bad, for lack of a better word. Um, so he's he's pretty inconsistent. Uh, Christian Wilkerson, a name that I have not heard, I've I've barely heard, um, if at all, before the game with the Jaguars, was a a receiver that I guess was on the practice squad, and he he just moved up, um, and. This game on Sunday against the Jaguars was the first time he's been featured heavily uh, by the offense. He had four catches for 42 yards and two touchdowns on Sunday, and one of them was wide open. So I, I red zone specialist, perhaps. Um, I'm not sure how he got so open on that touchdown play. Uh, it was the first one, but. 
uh, I'm guessing it was it was uh, because of good route running or poor defense on the part of the Jaguars. Either way, I mean, he was he was both. could be both. He was really a force on Sunday, and I was impressed with his level of play. So I think he may have earned himself a spot in the um, with with the starters. Christian Wilkerson, remember that name going forward. I'll try. Um, <laughs> um, Mac Mac Jones looked uh, poised in the pocket. I I liked his how he was playing in this <laughs> Look game. Look at that guy. He screams poise. Poised in the pocket. Um, the pocket right here. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to John Madden. Yeah, so if you see right here, that's his nipple. Oh yeah, rest in peace, John Madden. Yeah, rest in um, peace. oh, hey, right here, here's a guy who, uh, <laughs> right here, you can see that he's moving between the tackles, um, and up, right there, he gets a hole. Boom, it's the hole. <laughs> that goes over. Sorry, that was a terrible impression, but that uh. I feel like we had to do something special for the man. Something special. Yeah, that is something special for him, all right. Yeah, rest in peace. Um, great, great uh, commentator, legend, and uh, pioneer of the video game franchise, and a Madden. Coach. Mm-hmm. And coach, yeah. The uh, he will be surely missed by the football world. Um. Yes. So back to this game, I mean, we have this stud right here who uh, was dropping back in the pocket, and he finished the game with 22 for 30. I, I mean, finished it on 22 for 30, passing um, 20, 227 yards and three touchdowns, zero interceptions. So by all accounts, a pretty uh, solid game. Afterwards, Bill Belichick said, Mac is super consistent. Every day is really the same day for Mac. <laughs> really the same day. <laughs> we can relate. Bill um, Curry and Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe once the Mac Jones simulator comes out, we'll, uh, we'll be able to experience it like our listeners will with our show. Yes. <laughs> um, he's always well prepared. He's in early. He's ready to go. He knows what we're going to be doing, and he's already got a head start on it. He maximizes the information that the coaches give him, maximizes the walkthroughs. So, you know, this is a lot of coaching stuff um, that we usually hear about yeah. about co- guys that coaches like, you know, first in, first out kind of stuff. Real, real lunch pail guy. Um, but yeah, he, he, this is a great praise to see him getting from Coach Belichick, especially if you're a Pats fan. You you have to be um, impressed with a first-year quarterback um, getting this kind of praise out of uh, uh, out of uh, such a usually stone cold and dour man. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good good positive sign. And in this game, he he lit it up across the field, which. I would expect should be the case against this Jaguars team, but it's good to see it in actuality versus a team like the Celtics where, you know, you expect them to beat a bad team, but 
that's not necessarily always the case. With the Patriots, at least you can count on that. Right? So that's yeah. that's something good to take away from this. Um, the defense got back on its feet in this game. You know, we had we had we had bad showings against the the Bills in the last game and the Colts before that. Um, three interceptions from Trevor Lawrence and um, J.C. Jackson caught one of those, and it is actually his eighth interception of this season. Wow! Um, he is tied for the record which is 25 for most interceptions by a player in their first four seasons in history with uh, Lester Hayes and Everson Walls, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, that's wild. Wow. Yeah, he is. He, you know, he was originally a nickel cornerback and then uh, moved to cornerback two playing alongside uh, Stefan Gilmore and now has definitely solidified himself in the uh, top cornerback role for the, for the defense. Um, something that I was not impressed with. So obviously um, I mentioned Nikhil Harry, I, how I think he's, he's probably going to get burned from this, from this whole um, emergence of, of Christian Wilkerson thing. Other than that, um, cornerback Miles Bryant got burned by Laquan Treadwell um, in the first quarter and let up a 40-yard reception, um, Trevor Lawrence hooking up with Laquan Treadwell. And it was just he, – he was in front of it. He should have easily taken that away. So I, I was a little um, stunned by that. But other than that, nothing nothing too too bad about this game. I mean, they won 50-10, to 10, so – um, I, I, you did what you should have. You did yeah, what you should for sure. That's a good win, though, fifty to ten. Yeah, and uh, it's what I wanted to see after after the last two losses. Um, the Raiders ended up beating the Colts on Sunday, so I'm not sh- entirely sure how that how that factors in the playoff seating. But I think they were they were tied. Um, record-wise, with the Patriots in the AFC, so the who was the Colts? The Colts. And what's the what's the playoff picture looking like right now? Um, let me. If, see. if the season ended today, who's in? Who's out? Uh, I, I can pull that up for you. So yeah, because I don't know anything. Hmm. I'm still mad I lost in our fantasy football league. Yeah. You lost to um you lost to Aiden. I lost to he, Joe Burrow. Yep, he and he does not set his lineup. Yep. <laughs> Joe Burrow dropping 60 right on my face. It's not fun. Yeah, he did it again. He did it to me too. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay, all right, I have it up. So, right now in the AFC, the first seed is the uh, Tennessee Titans at 11-5. and five. Um, And then you would have uh, three wild card games. Uh, so, the Tennessee Titans would – I'm sorry, let me back up. The Tennessee Titans would be given a first-round bye uh, if the playoff picture ended today. 
they would be given a first round bye and not have to face a team in the first week of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then you would have three wild card games. It would be the LA Chargers against the Chiefs, um, the the Indianapolis Colts against the Cincinnati Bengals, and then the New England Patriots against the Buffalo Bills. Wow. Um, and then the winners of those would go on into the playoffs and one of them would face the Titans and the other two would face off against each other. Wow, the AFC is pretty good, huh? Bills and Pats, both uh, wild card teams. Yeah, I think, yeah, even even the seventh seed, which is the Chargers, um, are a pretty solid team. So, wow. I think it's the, the AFC is pretty good this year. How do you think the the Pats would fare against the Bills? Woo! You know, I I think honestly, if they face them again, um, it, it's showing that it would be in Buffalo right now, mm. which is where they beat them the first time. The Patriots are actually playing better in away games than they are um, at home right now. Hmm. Which is an interesting statistic. But even outside of that fact, I think that uh, if this game were to happen right now, I feel like the Patriots um, could take a victory because um, they're probably upset from that last game against Buffalo, realize what things they could have done a lot better. And I think they part of it me says that they actually needed it in um, – you know, feeling like they were on a long winning streak and yeah. and um, kind of a reality to, check. Yeah, exactly. Bring them back down to earth a little bit. Um, as weird as that sounds, but I, I believe that. I believe that. I believe they they could win against the Bills right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, you right. want to talk about uh, Antonio Brown? Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I want to talk about Pats. No, I'm all I'm all set on the Pats right now. Wait, who uh, who you got in the background there? IQ <laughs> wearing a Rangers wearing a Rangers jersey. That's all. That's an awesome photo. Yeah, <laughs> I looked up Knicks and Rangers, and this popped up. It's like, yes, please. Yeah, that's an awesome picture. Um, so yeah, Antonio Brown. Yeah, uh, we wanted to talk about this briefly. So a lot of people noticed on Sunday that there was a video circulating of him storming off the field, um, as well as news circulating about it. Um, took off his shirt, threw it to the side. Threw up a peace fan to the so- to the to the fans, and then peaced out. He just walked yeah. into the locker room, and uh, no one really knew where he went after that. But so there was a lot of speculation about what had actually caused him to do that, and most people just had no idea. So, um, you know, it it's certainly one of the craziest things that I've seen in. Um, in football, in my, in my history of watching the NFL, 
Um, I can't remember seeing anything quite like that, but I knew I know that a player had retired at halftime. Um, I forgot his name. He was he was on the Bills, and they were losing, getting blown out or whatever. And he just said, "Peace out." Yeah, wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna retire at halftime. Wow. Just so funny, but um, yeah, yeah I've I, never I'd, seen anything like this either. In yeah, any sport. Yeah, in well, any sport, right? If if he if what his camp is saying is true, and it it was because because uh, after the game, uh, Bruce Arians was asked about it, obviously, um, and he uh, he said it didn't have anything to do with his ankle injury, which was uh, which he was just coming off of, and now uh, Antonio Brown's camp is saying that it did have something to do with his ankle injury. Because the whole reason that he stormed off um, is because he was getting, he was being told to go in and he multiple said no multiple times. And then apparently he was uh, let go during that. I, I don't really understand yeah, what I, happened. I have the, I have a, some quotes from Ian Rappaport who, um, Shout out Ian Rappaport, one of the great um, NFL insiders. Uh, I have some quotes from him about that might make give some insight about what happened on Sunday. So insights. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport had more detail. Also, I'm sorry. Um, this 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 report is from Fox News. So. Um, it's the it's the only one that I could find that, that actually talked about um his So all of this is most likely false information. Yeah, but the the quotes are definitely true. Um so I'm not going to read any any of the other bits of That's it, so but funny. Um hang on, I lost it. Okay. Here here are the quotes anyways. So NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport had more details about the Brown debacle on Good Morning Football on Monday. He pointed to Brown not feeling like he was healthy enough to be playing. Quote, midway through the game yesterday, Bruce Arians and the offense staff, offensive staff told Antonio Brown to go into the game. They believed he was healthy, Rappaport said. Antonio Brown did not believe he was healthy. He had been battling an ankle injury for the last several weeks. He did not practice Thursday, did not practice Friday, and I know personally he had some doubts whether or not he would be able to be out there and play. What he told the staff, from what I understand, is he was not going into the game because in his mind he did not feel he was healthy. Let me repeat that one, one more time. What he told the staff, from what I understand, is he was not going into the game because in his mind he did not feel he was healthy. The response then from the offensive coaches and from Bruce Arians, who's the head coach, was, if you are not going to go into the game when we tell you to go into the game, then you cannot be the, be here. At that point, they threw him off the what? sidelines and then cut him from the team. Okay. So Antonio Brown, which Bruce Arians announced at the post-game press conference, is no longer part of the team. They essentially told him that, that on the sideline, sent him packing, leaving Antonio Brown with a $1 million incentive right within his reach. 
He was going to get it. He left all of that, left the field, and is no longer a member of the Buccaneers. Wow. Well, I hope somebody <clears throat> signs him. Although, is that period that period might be over? I don't know. But that's ridiculous. Yeah. So if if that that's from Ian Rappaport. So if if um if what Ian says is true, then then um certainly that makes it seem a little bit more like kind of like out of the hands of 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 AB at least, like. <laughs> Yeah, that's totally on the coaching staff for forcing a player who's not healthy to go into a, a football game. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, like, that, that's you have guys in the NBA not taking charges, and you want this man to go while he's injured into a into a train train wreck. Like that's ridiculous. Oh my god. Nice. And Antonio Brown, someone who may be as. I mean, has had his fair, um, like, he's dealt with injuries before, especially, like, concussions, because he has dealt with many concussions. Or, like, I'm, I'm just remembering the nasty hit on against Perfect uh, yeah. laid against him. Um, I remember that. <laughs> which just floored him. So, I mean, he he should understand that, you know, Going, going out and playing with injuries should is you know serious that much more dangerous and yeah. serious. Yeah, um, and and I I didn't know about this when I when I saw this video yesterday. Yeah. Um, and immediately everyone's reaction is to say that Antonio Brown is is just lost his mind. And he's crazy, which yeah. I understand. He you know there's a long list of of things that that are against him and um also let's let's just not call the black man crazy <laughs> yeah i mean, I mean yeah <laughs> like i, I understand let's, let's hold our public opinions till we have all the facts and yeah not which call the black a black man crazy like that yeah which that is what is more upsetting about this is we didn't we didn't really have all the facts. We didn't know why he stormed off the field and already people are making assumptions. Yeah. Um, like that's which, why I didn't, that's why I didn't tweet anything about this. Like we don't know all the facts. All we have is Bruce Arians side of the story. Like we don't have yeah. Antonio Browns. And obviously now that this is different, everybody that tweeted out something dumb is probably going back and deleting it. Cause like, Obviously, it wasn't just Antonio Brown like flipping out on the coaching staff. Like that, like I would flip out too. Like if somebody was like getting the game and I have a busted ankle and I could get it even more busted, and then I can't play football for the rest of my life and I lose of out course. millions of dollars, while these coaches can just yell at me and then like, oh well, whatever. He got injured. We'll just get another person. Like, cool. Like, oh my god, that's awful. Yeah, I mean, like ignoring ignoring everything else that you know about Antonio Brown, I mean, this is like objectively, if if what Rappaport says is true, this is like not his fault. Yeah. And he would have been understandably angry to go into a game 
knowing that the coach had, had forced him to be there when he wasn't feeling healthy. Yeah, that's ridiculous. All right. Well, I'm glad we touched on that. Got that. Got those facts. Um, I guess I will talk about the Knickerbockers of New York. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk Knicks, baby. Knicks basketball. Knicks. How's ball. Knicks basketball doing? I'm. I've been um, watching too much Celtics basketball. So they're doing bad. Um. They lost to the Raptors. Uh, they lost. They won against the Timberwolves, um, but not in a really convincing fashion. It ended up being ninety-six to eighty-eight. Um, and yeah, you just still have these in- inconsistencies from the Knicks, um, where like in the Timberwolves game, they scored nineteen points in the second quarter. Uh, and then in the fourth quarter, scored 26. Like, not that big of a difference, but um, they scored 14 points in the fourth quarter against the Pistons and scored 30 points in the third quarter. Um, they lost against the Thunder. Um, they scored 15 points in the fourth quarter, 16 points in the third quarter, 29 points in the second, and 20 in the first. Um then in the Raptors, opening the game, scoring 27 points in the first quarter. Uh, then they score 18 in the second, 29 in the third, and 31 in the fourth. It's just like, what <laughs> What are y'all doing? Like, you forget how to play basketball for at least a quarter every game. I don't understand it. Like, it's wild. It's wild. Like, they were – so they they – in the in the Raptors game, which was the game I watched the most of, the and I watched the Timberwolves game, but the so they're down by three. The Raptors <laughs> score thirty, Knicks score twenty seven. All right, it's a game. Then the Raptors score twenty six, and the Knicks score eighteen, and they go into the into the half, um, down like seventeen, I think. Uh, down 11. Uh, they were down 17 at one point in the half. Um, just some things I wrote in the second quarter. Knicks look bad. That's the first note I, I put. IQ making bad decision, uh, bad decisions. Knox gets called for a travel. Knox looked just awful in this game. Uh, Knicks still having trouble with the zone. They cannot figure out a zone defense. And then Swiss cheese defense. Swiss cheese. The Raptors dropped 40 on them in the third quarter. The Raptors. Fred Van Fleet was lighting them up. Who is good, but he dropped 35. This man dropped 35 on 11 for 17. That's, that's just too efficient. He was 7 for 13 from the three-point line. Uh, hey, man, shout out Fred Van Vliet. That's my guy. Yeah, he's good. But really, the only person uh, on the Raptors starting five who had a bad game was Gary Trent, um, who had six fouls in 20 minutes. He had a bad points. game? Yeah, he had a bad game. But you have 
You have Fred Van Fleet, 35. Scotty Barnes, 13 on four for nine shooting. Uh, OG Ananobi, 14 points, four for 11. Uh, Pascal, seven for 15 for 20 points. Like, that's that's ridiculous, dude. Um, they had Deuce starting, which I thought was an interesting decision. Um, he didn't look good. Uh, Burks looked looked pretty good. He was honestly probably the best player. Uh, Grimes looked good. Uh, he's, he's got, he looked really good, uh, defensively. He's really, he's a really good help defender. Uh, Actually, a lot of the Knicks, um, for the most part throughout the game, the backcourt did a pretty good job, um, on help defense, but it's just, it's just frustrating to watch. I mean, like it's, Everything about them is inconsistent, whether it's offense or defense. They just can't string together four solid quarters in a basketball game. And if you're not going to do that, you're just not a good team. Um, yeah, I mean, they were without Julius for these last two games, but I don't know. You're playing the Raptors and the Thunder and the Pistons. They also were out uh, Mitch Robb and Nerlens Noel, so that does change their defensive scheme a little bit. Tibbs definitely relies on the rim protection that they provide, but I don't know. I'm just – I'm just, don't know. Yeah, I'm just depressed, and I really don't know. I, I, I'm trying to give analysis, but it's like one minute. <laughs> there he is, the French connection. Um the $73 million investment. Uh, it's just like one minute, you know, um, like in this game, RJ, he had like three buckets in a row and then went 0 for 4 and like two turnovers. Like, yeah, no, I know exactly how you feel. They're breaking my mind, dude. Um, I don't really have much else to say. Um, yeah, I mean, I wish I had more, but they're playing the Pacers tomorrow night at 7.30. Yep. So they're probably going to lose. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I don't know. It's just pretty depressing. <laughs> like this team's They lost their good. last game to the Pacers. Yeah, like this team's not good. Uh, I don't really know what else to say about it. It's just mm-hmm. I I don't and I don't really understand what's bad about it because these players show that they're good players, but they just like I said they just can't string it together. Um. Yeah, I mean, have you watched any of the Knicks? Do you have anything you you you've seen from them? I have not watched any of the Knicks. Um. Good. Yeah. Oh. No, but I, I, I mean, I should. I should have watched the Knicks. I, the, what I can say, though, is that you did, you beat that Timberwolves team right after we lost to them. But, but not, I, I didn't, the, the Timberwolves and the Knicks were kind of, it was kind of right, right together. Um, like, the Knicks never really pulled away in that game. They ended up winning by seven. So you're and saying you were, that even though it was an impressive, it was it was a victory. It wasn't an impressive victory. 
Yeah, I mean, just because the the Celtics lost doesn't mean that the Knicks like should like that like the Celtics should not be the the base like the the point you're trying to reach. That that should yeah. that should not be the team you you want to. No, definitely aim to. higher than that. You know what I mean? Like like Julius shot five for twenty that game. Like it's just brutal. And, How and do you feel about the, Julius as of late? Not good. I made a tweet that I feel like every decision that was made in the offseason, except for the draft, was was the wrong decision. Mm. Clearly shouldn't have brought in Ev. Um, I feel bad for saying it, but Kemba, not really. I mean, he's been he was good, but now his knee is sore again. The only thing I can say is that at least he's only getting, I think, eight million a year. It's not a really too. It's not. A, it's not a bad contract. So that's the that's the only saving grace. And then the Julius extension is just really turning out to look like last year was a fluke, and that that's not the player you were signing, and you were hmm. most likely signing this player. I know a lot of people last year were saying, well, not not a lot of pe- a lot of people, but some people were saying you should trade him while his value was still high. And you know, I didn't think that was the right decision, but looking back on it, clearly was the right decision. Because now now he's signed for I don't know the exact number, but like twenty million for the next like four years, and I just don't know who would want to pay like over $20 million to Julius Randle right now. Um, and then like with that and the Evan Fournier contract, your the cap space that they had is now a lot less. And the people, I don't have the, the free agents this year coming off the books, but I know there were a lot of, a lot more stars and a lot uh, better players that were available this year than last off season. So if they had just been a bit more patient, which I had wanted from the beginning, but you know, I thought Ev would be a good addition and Kemba and all that. But if they had just waited, then they would have all this money to give to an actual superstar. And then they could just use the young guys that are clearly progressing like OB, IQ, Grimes, McBride, they could use them and as well as the role players that they can surround them with and use that money to sign a superstar. And then that's a good team. But this is a bad team. The Knicks are bad. (laughs) It's unfortunate. Yeah, they're not good. I don't really know how they can fix it because, I mean, the body language, like to end the – and the Raptors game was just atrocious. Like in the fourth quarter, it just looked like they had already given up. And I don't know, not really what you want to see, especially when hustle is a, has been a big problem for them. So it would have been nice to see a little fight in that fourth quarter. But mm-hmm. yeah. Do you feel like um, there's like, do you feel like that's a general feeling amongst the entire team? Or is like they're kind of like taking on this nihilistic 
view of their of their team and like their ability to win like have they lost that that competitive fire um no i i think it's just another one of those inconsistent problems because you see that they they do close out hard and they play defense hard but it's on occasion and then other times it's just no defense at all so i don't think it's more i don't think it's a mindset issue unless maybe it's like mentally locking in and they have a tough time doing that and staying locked in but um yeah it's just like I, I don't understand it because it, it would be one thing if they weren't closing out hard at all and never played tough defense, but they are. So it's just, I don't understand it. If they see the results they're getting with that tough defense, I don't know why they revert back to it, especially when they get like in a slump in a game or whatever, you know, they should revert to what they know works and that's hustle and grit and outworking the other team. And they just can't do that. Oh, it's very depressing. Very depressing. Um, yeah, and certainly, I mean, the the absence of Julius and Kemba do not help. They don't help, but I don't know. Is Julius really helping that much anyway? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't mind seeing Obi in the starting lineup, to be honest. <laughs> I mm-hmm. don't know. Do you think that, like, Julius last season obviously was was incredible, you know, had a, had a an, like, almost an all-star caliber season, like, potentially MVP caliber season? Yeah, I mean, if you go back and look at the stats, it's he's either behind Giannis or KD in most of the offensive categories for a power forward last year. Yeah, he was – he was a force last season, and yes, do you uh, like? Do you think that he's still he he's still like taking the majority of the shots for the Knicks, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's sort of like playing like like he is that that force that he was last season, but is just not showing up. In the, it's not registering. It's literally like he's the same person, but like doing the same things but the shots are just not falling like there's really like i haven't noticed like a huge difference offensively in his game it's literally like these baseline fadeaways and foul line jumpers and uh like threes are just not falling like they used to which is just so weird how just all of a sudden like just they don't they don't fall like it's really weird like I haven't no I mean I'm not like a shot person I don't know how to break down a shooting motion so maybe a shot is a little bit different but you know they're literally the same player taking the same shots and they're just not makes this year I don't I don't get it that's the thing I don't understand I don't understand what's happening right and yeah the the Knicks like kind of rely on him as their engine to run. Oh, a hundred percent. Like most of the time, he's bringing the ball up the court. Like he definitely plays the point forward role most of the time. So, you know, and how much of that point point guardness 
in his game, you know, the assists and everything is because he was making shots and getting doubled and leaving and then having open teammates, you know. Yeah. Definitely his assist uh assistability or whatever definitely um is gets helped by his ability to make shots. It's weird. Yep. <laughs> weird, weird season for the yep. Knicks. But uh, to move on, let's talk about some nice stuff. Mika, buddy. Yeah. Your favorite team? Oh, yeah, the Rangers. Let's go. So, um, after that little hiatus from the Christmas break and the COVID uh postponements they played the panthers and then the lightning twice so i did not watch the entire panthers game but i did see artemi panarin put a leash on aaron ekblad and walk that man like a dog um that was pretty awesome if you haven't seen that goal is that just some rangers fan yeah (laughs) uh if you haven't seen that goal would highly recommend that um then the uh kind of a back and forth um from the highlights it seemed that both teams were getting a lot of chances and um the goalies were just playing playing pretty big I think it finished – each team finished with over 35 shots in the game, uh, I believe. So, uh, Libor Hayek has been playing for the Rangers um, with some defensive injuries uh, to Brian Lindgren and I believe Nemeth uh, or Lundqvist was hurt before. But Rangers' defensive depth is definitely an issue – Libor Hayek is very, very much not great at hockey. He was out of position in this game, which pretty much directly led to a goal. Um, A Panthers player was just right in front of the net with uh, Hayek, who should have been on him, nowhere near him, falling asleep, buries it off a rebound. Panarin, then he makes a really good defensive play. he is really good at just picking somebody's pocket. Um, he does that at least, you know, a couple times every game, it feels like. Gets a two-on-o with Mika. Uh, you know, my man buries it, obviously. He's been heating up. Uh, I can't remember. He has, like, five points in the last three games. Um, and I believe that was a stat said in the most recent Lightning game where he finished with a hat trick. So I think that's like eight points in the last three games. Yeah, man, absolutely heating up. Um, I won't go too too deep into the scoring for this game, but um, Panthers end up having a three-goal third period and end up winning the game four to three. The Rangers score with uh, 44 seconds left to make it four to three. They were down four to two, but the Panthers close it out. Uh, you know, you would like to see the Rangers win a game like that where neither team is playing uh, 
super tight defensively and they need that goaltender help, you'd like to see them tighten up a little bit more because clearly um, Igor is the greatest goalie uh, to ever play this game other than Henrik Lundqvist. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Then uh, first uh, is a first and second. Henrik Lundqvist first. They're tied for the greatest to ever play the game. (laughs) Interesting. Yes. (laughs) 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 Um, So for the first lightning game, my first note I wrote is that the Rangers shouldn't have won this game. Uh, I tweeted out that I've never seen a goalie try to lose a game like this before. Brian Elliott literally, I'm not exaggerating, gave up two goals by passing the puck. Like, himself he's the only reason that these goals happen and the game finishes what four to three easily should have been three to two uh victory for the oh wait no it goes into shootouts actually my bad um but yeah easily should not have gone to overtime or shootouts brian elliott just completely gave up the puck to alexi lafreniere and someone else but, yeah, that's basically – the Lightning played a very good game. Um, I thought they controlled the, the game more than the Rangers. Uh, the Rangers had a little bit there in the second game, but never really took over. Um, I wrote Hayek is slow, which I also wrote for every other game I've seen him play in. The man is really not great. Uh, Keandre Miller had a couple of bad giveaways, which I've noticed is kind of an issue with him is, uh, takeaways and giveaways. Um, you know, he gets the puck taken from him a decent amount of the time. which is not great from a defenseman. Goudreau had a two goal game against his former team, uh, lightning neutral zone defense and just their defense in general was super tough. Um, Igor, I mean, Igor being Igor, just beautiful. Uh, and then Mika won the game in the shootout for them. This second Lightning game, however, um, I, you know, the Lightning definitely, um, definitely were getting goalied in the first period. Um, Igor finishes with a shutout on 38 saves. Mika has a hat trick. Kreider has three assists. Um, just a really good game from the Rangers. But they were they were definitely giving up a lot of shots. Um, I wouldn't say a lot of the opportunities were scary, but there were definitely a lot of shots. Um, and Igor had to make a lot of saves. Uh, New York uh, ends up finish ends up shooting only twenty one shots on goal. So you'd like to see that a little bit more, especially against uh, Vassy. But um, I, I just uh, don't like the idea of taking less shots when you have the lead. I don't think you should change the game plan at all. And, but I didn't really notice that with the Rangers. They didn't, it didn't really seem like they were playing a super different game. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's not much you can complain about in a 4 nothing win. Uh, they had Zach Jones and Tim Gettinger, I believe is his name, coming off the taxi squad for a little more depth. Um, Zach Jones was getting just completely bullied on the ice. <laughs> what's, what's, 
Um, what's the taxi squad? Uh, it's for the COVID. Um, so if somebody goes into COVID protocols, you can bring somebody from the taxi squad and not have to send somebody through waivers. Um, like not have to call somebody up and then send them back down and go through waivers. Oh. Uh, so they just like stick around with the team, basically. I forget Taxi, how many is that a New York thing? <laughs> no, it's just like a name for it. Oh, <laughs> baseball had the same thing last year. I think hockey did too. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but um, not a New York thing. Not a New York thing. Not a New York thing. Could be, but I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, Zach Jones. Um, this man does not really look NHL ready um, physically. Although the 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 lightning are kind of a mean team to put him up in uh, i think he had played uh played games before this but he was just not having a fun time out there <laughs> getting cross checked to the ice <laughs> tripped like just getting bodied in general um so he didn't really look that great but it's also just you know i don't think physically he's super developed i also don't think the physicality is really in his game um getting (laughs) there he is (laughs) z-man um getting not really developed (laughs) (laughs) um i thought gettinger i didn't really notice him so that's pretty much all you can ask from a taxi squad guy um oh yeah um this is a funny note igor plays puck plays the puck behind the net goes to leave it for hayek but hayek tries to skate right over him uh and the puck thinking igor's gonna pass it with like seven question marks igor has to make a tough save and looks at him like the f are you doing this man looked at him like, what are you doing? What are you actually thinking? So is that a, uh, that's an Igor mistake? No, that's a Libor Hayek mistake. Right, Libor okay. Hayek only makes mistakes. Um, yeah. So my New Year's resolution for the Rangers, I'll give the next one after because I realized I didn't give one, is that... Um, I want the front office to make a trade. Um, they need they need a seventh defenseman because injuries and COVID are prevalent in hockey. Um, you know, obviously injuries are very prevalent and COVID is ravaging every sports league in the world. And they need um, – either depth scoring or I was thinking a playmaker to play with Mika, but it seems like he is, he is finding that groove and knowing when, when to shoot and when to pass. And he's looked really good. So I would just say maybe some depth scoring to, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Maybe some depth scoring, um, somebody in the bottom six because I think those lines have played really well but they just haven't really been filling up the score sheet they um, 
man, I'm really trying hard not to say um, but it's so hard. The, yeah, it's the a common six, word. Yeah, the bottom six, they've done really well, but they just haven't put up points. I like the fourth line. They do a really good job of keeping the puck in the offensive <clears> zone. <throat> and the third line is fun and a bunch of youngsters. and They look good. But, yeah, just haven't, haven't been able to get the puck in the net as much as you would like. Um, so I would say depth defense and depth scoring is definitely uh, needed for this team. Oh, and the Knicks' New Year's resolution is yeah. What to about the Knicks? Find some sort of consistency, any sort of consistency, even for like one game. If you could just score over twenty points in every quarter for one game, like that'd be sick. That goes for the Celtics too. It goes for us too. Yeah. But man, I hear you. We just – it's a good resolution, you know. Consistency is key. Yeah, I just um, – yeah, the Knicks, Knicks have been uh, tough to watch lately. Frustrating. Frustrating. You find, uh, like, you turn on the stream and you're – or not the stream, you turn on the the game, whatever. Yeah. Um, you just a little bit depressed. Yeah, I wish I was watching the Rangers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I mean I may be I may be a fair weather fan, but I'm also not somebody who likes to waste my time or have my time be wasted. So I just feel like the Knicks are wasting my time and I don't like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just think yeah. like, man, I'm watching the Knicks right now, but I could be watching death note instead. <laughs> death note fan over here. New death note fan. I love death note. And just finally note. started the show and death loves note. it. <laughs> death note. <laughs> Chief has three ice cream scoops. <laughs> Chief head honcho. Chief has three. Others have two. <laughs> yeah. Analyze the image on the left, and you will see that the Chief, who is at the top right of the image, has three ice cream scoops. Chief. This is the task force designed to hunt down Kira. That's Matsuda. He's stupid. I love Matsuda. <laughs> Honestly, paid so little attention to him when he said his name, when he got caught by the... Oh, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler, spoiler alert. alert! If you haven't watched Death Note, yeah. go watch it right now, then come back and unpause the video. <laughs> go watch like 20 episodes of Death Note so you can understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> but when he gets caught by the, uh, what is it, Yoshiba group, yeah, um, Yotsuba. Oh, Yotsuba. And yeah. he he's like, my name's Taro Matsui. I was like, dog, why are you giving out your real name? <laughs> That's how little I cared about this man. Didn't Did he, you didn't even know that was his fake name. Didn't even know. I 
it's like Matt Matsui's so dumb he's giving out his real name. And then I and then L's like Matsuda, you idiot. I'm like, oh uh. <laughs> yeah. It took me it took me a second to realize. <laughs> uh, or it took me till when L said that to realize actually too. Who cares about the guy? I, I don't think I didn't know his name, but I like he he's like kind of a like funny character <laughs> he's so stupid yeah uh, yeah all right if well you, hey if our if our teams don't if our teams don't make the playoffs maybe we'll just turn into a death note podcast <laughs> <laughs> like, all right so while the nba and nhl playoffs are going on let's talk about death note <laughs> or just an anime podcast just anime uh are we are we done with the episode is there anything i think so i mean shoot what else do we have to talk about our teams suck our teams suck all rangers yeah except for the rangers bruins are um the pats are are okay bruins are are mid i guess bruins are yeah that's a good way to describe them they're mid bruins are mid right now um the Pats, I mean, they have a, probably a, the best chance out of my teams to reach the the uh, the end. You you got the Rangers. If they don't make it, we're we're gonna we're gonna just give up. Give up. <laughs> yeah, then we'll stop this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just kidding. That will never happen. It will never stop. Pod till I die. Till I die. <laughs> Only way I stop this pod is if someone writes my name in the death note. <laughs> uh, and on that note, we're calling it from here, ninety-one north, ninety-five south, to you, wherever you are. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter, 91 North, 95 South, Instagram, Thank you so much. Yep. 91N, 95S, Reddit, Patreon. Go subscribe to our Twitch. Follow our Twitch that we just set up. Subscribe yeah. to our gaming channel, which we may or may not have set up by the time of this video. I don't know. If, it, if we have, it'll be in the description, and you should click on it and follow it. I mean, subscribe to it. Anyway, it's probably not going to be any gaming videos on there yet, but yeah, we'll, they'll when be there soon. Over COVID, we'll be we'll be split screening, hitting mm-hmm. that split screen. Um, but yeah, I've been Max Demesa. I will stop being Max Demesa when we finish recording this. This is Dan Drainville. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, what the heck are you talking about? I said I've been Max DeMesa, implying that I will no longer be him. <laughs> I've been I've been Daniel Drainville. Once this podcast concludes, I will be Derek Jeter. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Catch, 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 catch us next time.